always think to yourself, this assignment, which I am about to give to this child, could I do it myself and know that I had accomplished this? Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. Our goal is to equip teachers and teaching parents with methods and materials which will aid them in training their students to become confident and competent communicators and thinkers. Well, Andrew, we're back with the third of the four deadly errors today. Right. Yes. But But. I thought of something that we talked about. I think we talked about it last week or it might have been two weeks ago that I thought I wanted to ask you a question related to either overcorrecting or withholding help. Overcorrecting being the first of the four deadly errors withholding help being the second of the four deadly errors. Mm -hmm. And so you tell me which category this falls in and how you solve this problem. What if I don't know how to solve this problem? Oh, I know you know how to solve this problem. (laughs) So you talked about hiring an editor. Right. And the editor hopefully isn't your mom because your mom has a lecture attached to the assignment. Yeah, or mom can change hats successfully and emotionally disengage. Right, exactly. So the student writes the paper, checks things off of the checklist, hands it to their editor, the editor fixes up a few things, the student recopies it, or if they do it on the computer, they just make the corrections, Mm -hmm. and then turn it in to you. And you notice that there's some goofy things in this paper, maybe a spelling error, maybe that period followed by a capital letter didn't happen. And you think, oh, the editor should have caught this. And you saw that the editor actually did catch it, but the student didn't transpose that correction into their paper. So which of the four deadly errors does that fall under? Withholding help? Overcorrecting? Well, I don't know that it falls into any of the categories. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has happened. Yes. And, you know, at that point that you have two options. One option would be just let it go. That doesn't teach the student to be as careful as you might like, mm-hmm. but it also, you know, is that that parenting and teaching question, choose your battles. Mm-hmm. Right. I think if it were just a couple things, it'd be in the let it go category. Mm-hmm. If there were more than a couple or a few, mm-hmm. it would probably be wise to point out to the student, your editor made some good changes, Mm -hmm. which need to be in your paper. Therefore, uh, I will mark them and you need to go implement these changes Mm -hmm. and turn this in before I give it a final mark or score or grade. That's kind of like a rolling the eyes (laughs) thing for a kid who Mm -hmm. doesn't really see why should I have to do that Mm -hmm. just for these little things that aren't that significant or Mm -hmm. I don't even understand. Right. But we're trying to model a level of kind of attention to detail and a striving for excellence. Right. Because creative spelling is not okay in a final draft. No, no. And, you know, if if the editor didn't fix it, well, you can't really 
harp on the kid for not being careful. Right. He didn't have the resources either in his own brain or as an editor's brain, in which case, you know, I could fix it Mm -hmm. and say, here, you need to do it again. But, you know, getting a second draft is great. Yes. Necessary. Yes. A third can be hard. Mm -hmm. A fourth seems like just unreasonable to Mm -hmm. many people. Right. Especially if if it's a handwritten deal. You know, if it's just put in a few changes on the computer and spit it out again. Not so bad. Right. And and I did, in many cases, write a note saying, you missed several of the edits that your editor provided. Please be more careful next time yep. and see if that little admonition yep. gains any uh, ground there. Well, and I, and I love that you actually, we actually captured that in the Structure and Style for Students video courses where you encourage the students, you know, watch out for this little grammatical thing, watch out for this, and oh, by the way, you're paying your editor, <laughs> employ their changes, and yeah. you, you know, I think that's a, just a good model for teachers to be able to do the same thing. Yeah, I agree. To their students. Okay, deadly error number three. What is it, Andrew Pudua? Well... It's the one everyone groans at. Mm-hmm. Even our podcast princess here, <laughs> when I said it, she said, oh, that's the worst. Unclear assignments. Yeah, it's true. Pretty much everyone hates mm-hmm. unclear assignments. Mm-hmm. And that might be what drives a lot of people to look into IEW writing is because of that experience with unclear assignments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a subset of withholding help. Right. If you're not giving clear assignments, you're not giving enough help Mm -hmm. for the student to be successful. Mm -hmm. But in my view, it's such an egregious form of withholding help. It deserves its own category. Absolutely. And withholding help because the student who wants to please you, the teacher, would like to know what it takes to please you. And if you're not helping them to know what that assignment is, sure, and it's unclear. Well, and, you know, in in school mm-hmm. in general, mm-hmm. whether that's in a homeschool, hybrid school, full-time school, it doesn't take very long for every kid to figure out this is a game. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And the game is how to make the teacher, the coach, the tutor, the parent, happy. Yes. Which is good. We want our students to want to make us happy. That is a life skill, actually, because my job, boss, (laughs) is to make you happy. And if I don't do that often enough, I can't call you boss anymore. (laughs) Well, but you you succeed a lot. I'm very happy. But uh, it, it is true. You know, if we look at the parallels between what young people have to do Mm -hmm. in school. They have responsibility. They have uh, a need to be punctual. Mm -hmm. They have deadlines. And they should have resources so that they can accomplish those assignments. That's the same thing we deal with on a day-to-day basis in pretty much any business. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there is some value. What we don't like is when the game becomes, how do we get the teacher happy enough to get a good grade or pass, and do as little work as possible in that process. Okay. <laughs> that, that's the game we don't want to create. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and, but unfortunately, you know, that is the context mm-hmm. for uh, a lot of, of kids. You know, with, with our classes, uh, you know, we've 
uh, I think, very successfully motivated most of them mm-hmm. to want to do their best, mm-hmm. not just make me happy. Right. Exactly. Um, and and so that's that's the trick. How do you transform it into that? You know, striving for excellence, and and that's really under the subject of motivation, which would be a different series of podcasts. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and we can stay talk tuned about that for that series <laughs> later. But I think um, we all have experience with this unclear assignment. Sure. My most dramatic and memorable experience was when I took a class I should not have taken. Mm. I was a freshman at San Francisco State University, and I signed up for what looked like might be a fun and interesting class, English three hundred one. Three. Creative you were a writing. Freshman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was creative writing. <laughs> but there was a Maybe three. it was 201. I okay. don't know. I, I remember it as being 301, okay. but maybe it was 201. Anyway, sure. I signed up for this class. Right. Creative writing, and it was horrific. What happened to me was I barely, barely squeezed a C-, minus. Wow. which is pretty bad. Only the problem was I couldn't figure out what this teacher wanted. I wrote poems that rhymed. <laughs> she hated them. I wrote stories that were like fairy tales. Mm-hmm. She hated them. In fact, everything I did, she hated. Mm-hmm. And in retrospect, what I should have done as soon as I realized what was going on, which was I simply, there was no way I was going to make her happy, and there's no way she's going to come to appreciate what I was doing, I should have dropped the class. Mm. But when you're a freshman in college, you don't even know you can drop classes. Mm-hmm. You think you're still in high school, mm-hmm. that you're stuck. <laughs> you know, there's no escape. Mm-hmm. And and so either she was unable to communicate or I was unable to comprehend, perceive mm-hmm. or comprehend what I could have done to make her happy. And so, you know, I have a kind of a permanent angst about mm-hmm. that because it was the only C I ever got in any class ever in my whole academic life. <laughs> but it was instructive, I suppose, in mm-hmm. retrospect. And made for great fodder for this podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, if you say to a student, uh, you have to write something, mm-hmm. you know, report, essay, story, paper, they usually will have a couple questions in the front of their mind. Right. Question number one, about what? Right. right? G- give me some guidelines. Mm-hmm. It's not very helpful to say, write about anything you want, mm-hmm. because that doesn't help them focus, mm-hmm. which is really the very first thing you have to do is mm-hmm. a little bit of focus, a little bit of restriction, a little bit of division. Mm-hmm. So most teachers aren't quite like that. Do anything you want. You'd say, okay, Choose a person, choose a place, choose an event, uh, choose an issue that's going on. Here's a book. Find something in this book you can write about. Mm-hmm. Um, report on some current events. Tell an experience you had. And that starts to move in the right direction. Mm-hmm. There are some students who would really prefer that you just tell them exactly the subject. Sure. And there are others who don't like to be dictated to. Right. And no matter what you said, they'll say, but couldn't I do this or mm-hmm. that? Can I do something mm-hmm. different? Just because they're like that. Right. And so it's nice to have a range mm-hmm. of freedom, but not not so not too narrow, not too wide when right. it comes to the assignment. So a lot of our assignments start pretty narrow, mm-hmm. especially with the new unit. We're going to do this story. We're going to do it together mm-hmm. in this way. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of that unit, we're giving a whole lot more freedom 
Right. I think of the example that you did in the structure style for students, year one, level B. You gave the students a, not really a source text, but almost like an encyclopedia article about Oceania. So mm-hmm. this this kind of continent that includes Australia and Hawaii and the animals and plants and Wow, there were so many potential subjects. And after reading through that whole thing, you said to the kids, you can write about anything in Oceania. Yeah, and that was probably like the end of Unit 8 or something. Correct, exactly. pretty far into the year. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we had quite a range of things that people chose. Well, and sometimes the kids would say, I'm going to write about Australia. And you said, well, you haven't asked the second question yet, which is... How long? How long, right. And you said... Okay, it's only five paragraphs. You're going to talk about all of Australia, Australia. <laughs> in five paragraphs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's shrink that down to the most venomous or dangerous creatures in Australia right, or right. the government of Australia mm-hmm. or uh, how Australia was found. You know, get mm-hmm. get down a little bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because that is the second question, which is length. Mm-hmm. Kids will always want to know how long. Mm-hmm. Historically, assignments have been given in number of words, That's still commonly found in, say, uh, contests, Mm -hmm. uh, essay or story writing contests, Mm -hmm. uh, scholarship applications, oftentimes a uh, college or university personal essay. They'll say write a range of so many words or a maximum of so many words. Mm -hmm. In high schools and college, most commonly people bump into number of pages. So the teacher will say, you know, three pages. These both are not really helpful from a planning and organization point of view because if you say write a certain number of words, the tendency is to just get some information and start writing and then when you have enough, stop because you don't know how much is going to fit in that number of words. And then to have to reorganize uh, that kind of spewing of words onto paper. That's hard work Mm -hmm. to reorganize prose like that. The other problem, of course, with number of pages, uh, if you say write a certain number of pages, what temptations occur? Well, to fill in extra spaces or double space. But they've kind of gotten around that, though, now. Right. Yeah. You see, well, in in my day, Mm. middle school, um, because you're so much older than me. Yeah, no, so much. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we would just kind of make the loops mm-hmm. on the cursive kind of wide and slanty. And you could fill up a whole line mm-hmm. with four words mm-hmm. if you, you know, worked on it. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the kids, you know, are typing everything. So they'll play with their font size mm-hmm. and margin width and mm-hmm. and spacing. You can get very, very fancy. Mm-hmm. So that's why most schools now dictate mm-hmm. what they have called a style guide. Not style in, in our sense of, you know, words and grammatical patterns and literary devices, but they dictate Times Roman 12-point Microsoft Word default margins double space MLA format. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of helpful because nobody has to waste time playing with their font. <laughs> but again, it doesn't help organizationally. If I say write a three-page paper, that doesn't really tell you what's the scope going to be? How mm-hmm. much information should I collect up? Mm-hmm. How many divisions should I shoot for in order to do justice to this subject and length combination, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why all of our assignments, and I'm always encouraging people 
you know, if you give children assignments in number of paragraphs, right, and you define the length of a paragraph by number of details,、mm-hmm. and model that a little bit,、mm-hmm. that is the most helpful thing you can know, because then you know, okay, if I need five paragraphs, I'm going to look for three topics. Plus some background information, and I'm going to try to have some kind of opinion about what's the most important, useful thing here, or what can you do with this information. Right. So, so. you can immediately say, "My subject is、mm-hmm. right. What are some possible topics?" And then choose three that are related or connected. And these are this is the unit seven or unit eight model. Exactly.、Mm-hmm. We do this in unit seven or eight.、Mm-hmm. If the paper needs to be six paragraphs, you think four topics. If、mm-hmm. it's seven paragraphs, you think five. If it's more than seven, you have to go into、uh, a little bit more sophisticated method of using the thinking skill of division,、mm-hmm. where you can take one topic and divide it into subtopics,、mm-hmm. uh, so that you don't have to enumerate that topic in the introduction. Uh, or echo it in the conclusion, but you do have an extra paragraph、uh, because it's two paragraphs about one topic. That's、mm-hmm. a little bit tricky, but it can be taught, and that'll get you up to oh eleven, twelve paragraphs. Then, of course, if you need more than twelve paragraphs, you're into the super essay model,、mm-hmm. which also requires an additional division. You take your subject, divide it into two areas, and then each of those areas kind of becomes its own. Essay with three or more topics, depending. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when the students start to understand this schematic, if you will, this this template、uh, of how to deal with X number of paragraphs and Y number of details,、mm-hmm. then when they go to collect up information, they can use the skills acquired in Unit Four. So they summarize by choosing some, not all.、Mm-hmm. Uh, or in Unit Six with multiple reference and summarize,、mm-hmm. and that becomes then the facts or details、mm-hmm. that make their way into the body paragraphs, and uh, so uh, that is probably the most helpful thing I think any student could take into、um, maybe a high school or college class they're taking,、right. and the teacher says you know write a certain number of words or pages or even I've heard. Write a certain number of characters. Oh wow! Yeah. You know, if they can do a little math、mm-hmm. and translate that、mm-hmm. into number of paragraphs, and then they've got these models available. Hopefully, they kept their portable walls from well, childhood. And I, yeah, and I was going to say we have a tool that high school students and college students can find super handy to take in with them, and that's our portable walls for the essayist. And that's just kind of a summary of everything you just said right there: how to organize. Paragraphs into essays, super essays, behemothic super essays, <laughs> and、yeah. you also have that that math formula where you take the number of pages and divide it by the number of words, which turns into paragraph. You know, are you yeah, sure that's in the portable it's, walls? It's in the portable walls for the essays. Essay. Yes, okay, good. And so, I'm without going into detail because that's math, and I really don't do math. I used that formula to plan my. One of my papers for my master's program, but the problem was is I underestimated how many words I write on average、mm. per paragraph. Yeah, and、uh, I think it's because I really liked the topic that、sure. my paragraphs became longer, and suddenly I had to cut out a whole essay. So instead of a eighteen-page paper, it was turning out to be a twenty-five-page paper, which 
no professor wants to read, especially <laughs> when he says no more than 18 pages. You know, uh-huh. So, but yeah, this is this is the real world, kids. You've got to. You might have to write an 18-page paper. How are you going to organize yeah. your thinking? So that principle we teach in Unit Four, length dictates structure, is the most helpful concept mm-hmm. when you're communicating to students. Mm-hmm. So a couple examples of some unclear assignments. Okay. When um, my children were younger, uh, we were using a particular uh, syllabus mm-hmm. that was kind of a classical type of syllabus that was integrating. Okay. Uh, so your literature and history and writing and grammar was all trying to... And it wasn't a, you know, a complete program. It was basically a thin little book that says, here's what you do in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So the instructions were brief, reasonably so. But I remember one particular writing assignment, and it, it said, write a story in the first person set during the American Revolution. Okay. And that was it. That was mm. the sum total of the assignment. Mm-hmm. And I read that, and I thought to myself, I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I, how would I know if I had actually done that? Mm-hmm. There is not enough information. The words are not defined there. So how would a child know right. that they had accomplished that? How mm-hmm. would a parent know if the child had accomplished that. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, though, me being me, (laughs) I was able to say, okay, so story, that means we're going to do three paragraphs. Right, story sequence chart. And we pull out unit three, and it's going to be characters and setting, conflict or or problem, and climax resolution. Okay, in the first person, that means you have to be the main character in the story. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to be you. You don't have to be a 11-year-old girl. You could be an old man. You could be a baby. You could be a cricket in Times Square. You know, exactly. you, you can be whoever you want to be. Now, American Revolution, that means you have to mention times and places and, and circumstances. So let's think of a place that existed. Mm-hmm. List a few. Philadelphia, there you go. And, and the American Revolution, you have to be sure that you don't accidentally get machine guns into your story, <laughs> right. you know, so that everything, you know, fits. Mm-hmm. Other than that, if you just list a few places and people, it'll sound like it's happening there. Now, you may not think of a good problem. So if you want to, just borrow an Aesop fable, steal the plot, and then you can pull that story sequence chart variation mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, we need to practice dress-ups and openers, so here's your checklist. Mm-hmm. So I was able, because of my experience, to take what was a very fuzzy, unclear, uncomfortable assignment and make it clear mm-hmm. uh, so the student knew, okay, three paragraphs, each paragraph is going to do this, each paragraph is going to have these things, here's the checklist, boom, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. Then you know. I accomplished that. So I always suggest to parents... You know, especially if they're not using the IW writing system, always think to yourself, this assignment, which I am about to give to this child, could I do it myself mm-hmm. and know that I had accomplished mm-hmm. this? If the answer is no, such as that one I experienced, then you need to intercede. You need to add definition, structure, rubric, whatever you can to communicate clearly to that student, this is what you can do to be done, (laughs) to accomplish the goal. Right, and not go too far because some kids are going to want to stretch the limits. 
And some kids want to be done sooner than others and meet the minimum meet the minimum requirement. They sure. want yeah. they just want to know what will make you happy. And like you say in your talk, and go outside and build forts because yeah. that's what they're living Well, for. and if, if you don't do that, then you'll have one kid who will write, I was a soldier in the Revolutionary War. I got shot and died. The end. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey. Do, <laughs> Check. Done. Next. You know. <laughs> Another example I might squeeze in here before mm-hmm. we run out of time. Uh, I was at a teacher's conference. I think it was a core knowledge mm-hmm. convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in Portland, if I recall correctly. And this was the early days where I didn't have you and I didn't have, you know, much in the way of help. It was just me and I had a little banner that said excellence in writing and I brought out my videos and books and stacked them up on the table. And as I'm kind of arranging things at the beginning of this event, this uh, woman walks up and kind of looks at all the stuff and the sign and says, so you teach writing? And mm-hmm. I, I said, well, I, I try. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I teach writing. <laughs> and I thought, this sounds like it's going to be a long conversation. Mm. Even if it's short, it's going to feel long. Just because she was a little grumpy? <clears throat> yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I, I said, oh, that's great. Who, who or what do you teach? Mm-hmm. And she said, <clears throat> freshman comp. Okay. <laughs> and then I knew, oh, this could be a long conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But she obviously wanted to talk. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, how's it going teaching freshman comp? And she kind of lit into this diatribe. Oh, the students come to high school so poorly prepared. You know, mm-hmm. I, they come in and, and I give them a very simple assignment and no one can do it. Oh, dear. And, of course, I'm thinking in my mind, if you're the teacher and you give an assignment – and no one can do it. Hmm. Whose problem is this? You know? <laughs> hmm. But, you know, I didn't go there. She was obviously alluding to the fact that the middle schools were doing a horrible job of preparing the students the way they should be mm-hmm. ready for ninth grade English. And, and that may be true. It may be true. Uh, so I pursued the question. I said, well, what kind of assignment is it? And I kind of expected her to say, well, I give them a poem by Maya Angelou and have them reflect upon it and tell how, you know, they feel, what response do they have to the poem. I was kind of expecting that, mm-hmm. which would right there kill all the boys and half the girls, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised. She didn't say that. She said, well, I have them uh, research an occupation and write about it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, that's actually a pretty good assignment because you don't have to tell how you feel. You can go get information very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it's relevant. Pretty right. much every 14-year-old in the world is starting to think, what mm-hmm. am I going to do with my life? Mm-hmm. So I, I was curious. I, I, Why is this so hard for everyone? Mm-hmm. So I probed a little bit further. I said, well, uh, do you give them some kind of rubric or checklist so they know what you want? And um, she said, oh, yes, I give them a list of 10 things to be sure to include. Nice. So I'm just mystified because Mm -hmm. this shouldn't be undoable by everyone. Mm -hmm. And so I probed a little bit further and I said, well, do you give them kind of a a target length in terms of number of paragraphs and what to include in each paragraph and kind of do a sample outline, Mm -hmm. maybe even together before Mm -hmm. they start? And that is when it all became clear. Because her response was, oh, no, I would never do that. 
that would be helping them too much. Oh. In her mind, she thought the only way they learn is to figure it out on their own. But what she was getting was students who couldn't figure it out on their own because they had a lack of information experience and ability. Mm-hmm. And I tried to convert this woman to my way of thinking. And I said, but now if you, if you said make it a certain number of paragraphs, right, and then you told them what to put in each paragraph, mm-hmm. and if you had like a sample outline or a sample completed composition so they could see what you mean when you say include these 10 things, mm-hmm. she wouldn't buy it. Mm-hmm. She was just convinced, no, that would be, that would be helping them too much and they wouldn't learn anything. Right. Whereas had she done that, uh, she might have discovered that most of the students could do a lot better at accomplishing the goal that right. she had. Because, you know, if I say to a group of kids, here's 10 things to put in your composition. Well, I know some boys who could do that in five sentences. Mm-hmm. Hey, two things per sentence, I'm done. Right. You know, I know some other kids who might give you 10 pages, a, a thing for each page. Right, exactly. And if that's not what you want, you have to communicate it. Right. I think of Dr. Webster's magnum opus that he did, mm-hmm. where essentially the textbook for the previous well, – how, how did that work? Well, well he would um, have the previous class, mm-hmm. all the best papers, mm-hmm. the A papers, and it wasn't easy to get an A in Webster's. Okay. But, um, he would put those in one – volume, Mm -hmm. have the university print shop copy Mm -hmm. this off, Mm -hmm. and that would be the textbook for the next time he taught the class. Nice. Yep. And he would basically say, if you want an A in this class, you have to write better than these. So that sounds like pretty clear expectations. And well, of course, then he would go down to exactly here's how you organize, here's how you produce something like this. Mm -hmm. And here's what a finished project product looks like. 88 to 100 and some items on, on the, the checklist. checklist. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I think uh, if we can avoid the unclear assignments, mm-hmm. uh, everyone is happier. You as a teacher mm-hmm. or a parent, you're happier. The, chil- the child or student is certainly happier. Mm-hmm. And the byproduct is better learning right. by clar- clarity in creating assignments. Saving Western civilization one clear assignment at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, maybe we could steal that one, huh? (laughs) Thank you, Andrew. My pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast in iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or just visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcast. Until then, on behalf of Andrew Pudua and the team at IEW, I thank you for allowing us to partner with you on your journey toward better listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking.